Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Richmond, Virginia, it's time for Richmond Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Richmond Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, SMN Square, providing building blocks to success and sustainability. Today on Richmond Business Radio, we have Dale Fickett with RVA Works. Welcome, Dale. Hello, Lee. How are you today? Well, I am so excited to learn what you got going on. Tell us about RVA Works. How are you serving folks? Yeah, thank you, Lee. So RVA Works is a public charity, and we exist to help uh, people build and grow new businesses. And a lot of the people we work with are overcoming some sort of social or economic barrier to business ownership. So what's the backstory? Um, How did you get involved with this group or what compelled you to start this group? Yeah, well, you know, we I got started working back in uh, 2013 with the city of Richmond's Economic Development Authority. And we noted at that point that there were really a lot of disparities and that there were a lot of barriers that people were facing when they were looking to become business owners. So we started really focusing on that theme of empowerment. And uh, we had started from our roots in a a small business incubator that's in downtown Richmond. And as we got uh, further along in strategic planning, we recognized the real value and assets of the Richmond ecosystem. But we also understood that there were a lot of people that did not feel a part of that or not able to benefit from it. So we began a uh, RVA Works. Uh, As I said, it's a public charity. And we have three programs that we run. One is about, uh, it's actually an adult evening accelerator that helps people learn core business skills with a cohort of their peers. The second is best thought of as a menu of options for the people who graduate through the the first program. Uh, And then the third is something called One Million Cups. And so we're pleased to be a community sponsor of that program. That actually happens nationally. It's a great thing for your audience to be aware of. That's One Million Cups. And there's chapters of that all, all over the place. We happen to sponsor the one in Richmond, and it's a great way for entrepreneurs to connect and to learn from each other. Now, what drew you to this kind of um, incubator methodology uh, in order to serve the people? A lot of um, for-profit organizations leverage incubators and accelerators to grow an ecosystem around technology or startups. What, uh, where did you feel that that had benefit to serve the group that you're serving? Yeah, so I think just to take a couple steps back, before I ever came to Richmond, I had what I would describe as a really powerful spiritual experience, and, and which is really you know deeply rooted in my faith and my call to love and to serve. And so if I think about the ways that I can best serve people in most need, it, it's really you know, I I mean, it's incumbent upon me to look at my skill sets and experiences. And so, you know, I happen to be someone who has a strong background academically and professionally in the world of economics, finance, business strategy. And so I was looking at those skill sets and some of the experiences I've had and really looking at how that can be used to most help people that that need it the most, right? Uh, You know, and, and to 
overcome some of these barriers. So I suppose it's sort of a personal call. It's a mission um, around empowerment. And so <clears throat> it was with that mindset and that set of, uh, you know, things on the resume that I got started with the work in Richmond and RVA Works is a natural extension of that. So now, um, but to choose to serve the underserved, that um, goes to your heart. Uh, like, but that kind of methodology with an incubator or an accelerator is used all over the world uh, to, you know, find the next unicorn billion dollar company. Um, so you find that that structure uh, is good for the group that you're serving? Oh, yeah. Great, great question, Lee. So if, if we think about what's happening in the world of new business formation, if we look at that as broadly as possible, there's sort of this divergence that's occurring between things that can be provided locally versus those that are being provided digitally. So locally, we can think about workspaces and we can think about compliance with local and state regulations. On the other side, we can think about capital, education, professional connections that are being provided digitally. And so when we think about that, there's this, you know, kind of huge um, and extensive uh, pieces of infrastructure that have been built to support entrepreneurship. But as you're pointing out, the vast majority of those support systems have really been developed for what I call the venture capital pipeline. And so that's, you know, uh, whether it's technology accelerators, corporate venture capital, other private angel investor syndicates, they are really developed to create a pipeline and a filtering mechanism to get to the highest growth, highest potential teams so that investors are able to identify them efficiently. And the truth is that only about 2% of new businesses formed in the United States will ever receive outside equity investment. And when you talk to a venture capitalist, he or she would say that if one or two out of the portfolio succeeds in a successful exit, meaning a sale of that company to a larger company or an IPO, that that's a successful portfolio. So we don't play in that space. And in my estimation, that's fine that that exists. And I think it's a natural um, piece of what needs to happen in terms of technology and innovation for the country. Uh, and obviously, we've seen that in other parts of the world as well. But no, we, we work in a different place, right? We're working with the other 98% of new businesses that are formed who really don't want to bring in an investor. Actually, for them, the best that they can do and, and what they're aspiring to do, frankly, is to have a business that provides a good livelihood for themselves, their families. They want strong recurring revenue. They may take on some debt as a form of uh, capital that they need, but they're really not interested in bringing in an outside investor. Right. So you're... Um... So that's what I love about the work that you're doing. And it's funny because in my world, I'm, I interview people in all kinds of businesses doing all kinds of things. And recently I've interviewed uh, venture capital people that, you know, they're doing their kind of events that are trying to identify those people, you know, that, like you said, that kind of the home run people. And, and when pressed, I asked them about um, what happens to all the, singles and doubles and uh you know fouls sure. what happens to all those people 
And that, that it, it, like, do you help build a community for all those fo- folks? Because in rea- reality, like you said, it's the home runs are rare, but the rest of the people shouldn't be discarded as outs. They should, there should be an ecosystem or community to help nurture them because a lot of those folks can find each other and mash up and turn something into nothing and, and form things that no none of them could have imagined if they kind of know each other and know what their capabilities are. And this sounds like you're really trying to build a community of those folks to give those folks a chance, you know, for a livelihood, not necessarily, you know, a super yacht. Well, that's right. And Lee, I, I think you raise a, a lot of really good points. You know, the, the community that we are building that currently exists and which is expanding is, is really a wonderful thing to see. And, and I think that, you know, as, as you describe the baseball metaphor, which, which I love, you know, I, I tend, I, I tend to think about this in terms of you know, when someone presents themselves to me and says, Hey, I have this business idea. Well, I'm thinking about that person's dignity as an individual, regardless of gender, ethnicity, their country of origin. We have people that we work with from all around the world and, you know, and based in little old Richmond, right? And so we're working with all these people and saying, what is the scope of your ambition? If you think about the best version of the future that you can possibly muster, and then you pull together all your strength, resources, mindset, creativity, and diligence, and fortitude, and perseverance, and then grab as much responsibility as you can and stumble forward toward that vision, what would that look like, right? And that's what we're asking people to do, is to is to stretch themselves into the future to paint that vision. And for some people, that vision is a food truck. That's awesome, right? That's that's great. That's really important for the community that we support people that are in that space. And so what we do is we work with people regardless of the scope of their ambition. And we say, we understand that you need some educational resources like all of us. You need some connections to professionals, whether that's peers, mentors, professional service providers, suppliers, uh, corporate purchasers, and you need capital. And we want to provide that support system for you so that you yourself are able to achieve that ambition. Right. And that's, and that's the point. And what I love about your work is that for that person, the food truck is the grand slam home run. Right. Exactly. But there's no business model for a venture capitalist to invest in that. That's not a big enough win for them. They can't do what they're trying to do to have a win like that. And, and there's not a lot of models that are built to serve that food truck operator. And even though that food truck operator having that food truck is going to have a tremendous impact on that person individually, their family, their kids, their community, it has a ripple effect throughout. And it's just not big enough for the traditional, um, you know, private equity firms, venture capital folks and angel investors. That's just not their business model. And there has to be folks like you that are out there advocating and supporting and helping these people with their dream because it is a home run to them and it is good enough for them 
And we should be celebrating that and doing everything in our power to help those people become successful. Yes, that that's exactly right. Because if we look at the population in the United States, about three people out of a thousand will be a, a, a business founder. And it's a really difficult thing to do, um, regardless of education level. I mean, it's a hard thing to do for anyone, let alone people who may be up against some sort of barrier to business ownership. And so so what we're doing essentially is creating that sort of community and infrastructure that best supports the individual. And so that's actually a great segue into what we're doing now online. And some people who are listening to this may be interested who may not necessarily be in the Richmond market. Uh, you know, we have a, a great website called Open Trellis. And so there's a couple ways that people can get involved with that. That first off, that website and our launch of that site is really about providing digital services that extend beyond a particular location. So when I think of ecosystem, I think of, you know, sure, there's the metro region in Richmond. We could talk about that for Atlanta. We could talk about that for Tel Aviv. But the great thing is that there's also this whole kind of supra ecosystem that's being provided digitally. And so we're certainly not trying to boil the ocean. We know that there's so many different tools and resources and videos and so forth that people can leverage. <clears throat> and what we're doing is creating some of the backbone that supports the sort of people that we're talking about, the local food truck owner or a hairdresser or someone who's a home health care worker or a carpenter, right? We're, we're, we're pulling together some of those resources so that when someone comes in to open trellis, they're able to get the education, the learning experiences that they need, that they're able to also connect with their peers and other people who can be supportive in some way, and that they're able to access the capital that they need, you know, which we can think of as small business loan number one. Now, um, so, but this is not kind of, it's, it's ge geography neutral, right? Like this right. is anybody can be part of this, but you're not, um, but there's an element that has kind of a lo local feel to it. Like uh, you mentioned the million cups, like a million cups has the same kind of mission in terms of there's uh, a million cups in local communities. That's, that's not an accident. That, that's by design because they want to create that face-to-face -face, in-person um, yeah, relationship exactly building. Right. Yes. Yes. That That's exactly, exactly right, Lee. And I think there's, you know, if we were to look nationally and internationally, there's a lot of, really good meetup groups, workshops, convening points, we would, you know, kind of talk about that as these, you know, points of intersection or collision, right, where people are coming into contact with each other. And, and all of that is really good and additive and supportive. Um, and, and particularly when the culture is intentionally inclusive, and it's intentionally looking at ways to embrace people you know, for whom English is not a second language, if we think about around Richmond, um, or if we think nationally, what does that look like? So, so those local community gathering places and spaces that are created are, are really valuable. So we're certainly not trying to replicate all that online. But what we're doing is saying that through Open Trellis, there are additive 
complementary services that we can provide and that we're building. So the, so the first is our distance-based accelerator. It's a great way for people, regardless of their location, to plug into what we're doing and to get the skill sets that they may want to develop as they launch their business and clarify that model. The second thing is that as people come into Open Trellis increasingly, and we're, we're building this out, is those connection points that are happening digitally. So if you have a question, you can get an answer. If you're looking for a referral, you can be referred by someone. And within that user group, it's people who are vetted as legitimate small business owners. And then the third piece of it is this readiness for small business loan number one. And so there's, you know, we just recently were approved as a part of Credit Build Nation. Part of that's credit counseling. We're also building a new loan fund that's unsecured small business loans for 10,000 to 100,000, which is going to be significantly cheaper than a credit card. Uh, It won't be as cheap as uh, a second mortgage. Um, If someone happens to own a home and is able to tap that type of line of credit, that's gonna be uh, better for them. But we're filling a need for people that we see all the time who are not homeowners, but are building a business and who develop a sales track record. And when they're ready, we want to be ready to help them out. Are they going to have to personally guarantee that? Yes. And then um, if people, uh, so you're able to kind of tap into this network and then get the resources you need, no matter what stage you're at, whether you're just an idea on a napkin to a person that has a, a business with sales, there's some resources that you can be using to um, help you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, if we if we think about that spectrum in the beginning, you have someone who has an idea on a napkin. And if they're coming to us and saying, hey, you know, here's an idea that I have. And by the way, Lee, you can imagine that I talk with people like this all the time. And they're saying, hey, here's an idea that I have, Dale, what do you think? And so- I'm always happy to talk with people in that category and, you know, we'll talk it through and I'll have some, you know, pointed questions for them. And then we go from there into, well, let's, let's kind of build out that business model a little bit. And as they're thinking through different questions that they may never have considered, they start realizing that coming to something like 1 million cups, either in their local community or to join ours, we have all of ours is available on Zoom. So regardless of where you are, you can join our 1 million cups. Um, and, you know, and, and they start learning from their peers, right, which is wonderful. And then some of those people will say, hey, you know what? Um, I think I'm ready to come into the accelerator program. That's awesome because now we're really getting serious. We're getting a commitment. People, people, you know, in that category are now going through this learning process. And on the tail end of that, they have a lot of pro bono services and support that's available to them. And, you know, eventually when they have consistent sales, they're ready for our loan program. Right. So then it helps them grow through all aspects. And I'm sure even to the point of once they graduate and they have a thriving business, they can come back and volunteer and be a mentor to others. Right. And that happens all the time. And we've seen that uh, to, to a great extent where people have partnered up with other peers, formed a new business, their original vision, they put to the side, they wanted to start up a different business. They partnered up with someone that they met through the community. 
Uh, we've had people who have met, um, you know, key clients. We've had people who have used the entrepreneurial learning that they've gained in terms of new product development roles in other countries, or I'm sorry, in other companies. They've gone on to pursue other graduate degrees and so forth. So there's a lot of value in being a part of that type of ecosystem, that type of thinking about entrepreneurial opportunities. There's a great deal of value that can be um, gathered there. A lot of it's learning, some of it's connection in terms of what we would call social capital. And then of course, you know, the financial capital is a piece of it. And, uh, and as we've been thinking through our model on that, Lee, we have to be sustainable as a loan fund. We're always going to stay true to our mission to work with the people who most need our help. But at the same time, it's really important that we have good sound underwriting and that the, um, you know, that the people that are putting their money behind us have all the assurances that we can possibly provide that this is being done in, in a very sound and stable way. And so that's why a lot of what we're focused on in terms of underwriting has to do with recurring sales and the cash flow that the business owner is generating by virtue of their work. So what do you need more of? How can we help? So, um, so thanks Lee. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to get involved. I, I think of it as the founders and then the helpers. So for people who are thinking about starting up a business or they already have a small business, um, you know, they're, they're looking to grow that business or they're happy with where it is and they're thinking that they want to give back. All of those founders, we'd love to, um, at the very least, you know, have them visit our website, opentrellis.org. They can sign up to volunteer if they feel called to do that. We have over 40 volunteers at the moment, which is just great. Um, you know, and so the helpers are a whole nother piece, right? So for people who are thinking that they love this mission, that they would love to see more of this type of small business grassroots um, economic development occur, we'd love to hear from them too. And if people are, you know, we, we have a lot of different roles there, whether it's software development, there's some things there around project management. There's also some things about, you know, um, just pure business skills and being able to mentor folks. All of those helpers are very welcome to come and, you know, just check out the website, um, you know, sign up on there. They can check out the, um, you know, everything that we're doing, the video and so forth, and then they can sign up and, and we'll be in touch. Good stuff, Dale. Um, I mean, if you're interested in any level of kind of creating or cultivating this social impact through entrepreneurship and innovation, RVA Works is the place to go to do that in Richmond and now all over the world through this um, opentrellis.org uh, website and community that's being built there. You're doing such important work, Dale, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you so much, Lee. It's my pleasure. And feel free to reach out, out to us. Thanks so much, Lee. All right. That's opentrellis.org, O-P-E-N-T-R-E-L-L-I-S dot O-R-G. Dale Fickett, thank you again for sharing your story today. Okay. Thank you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Richmond Business Radio. Mm-hmm.